On this episode of the ASC Podcast with John Gailey, we visit the final quarterly meeting for 2023 for the New Jersey Association of Ambulatory Surgery Centers in Kenilworth, New Jersey. We meet with association leadership to discuss their activities and the benefits of membership, and we interviewed two of the speakers about the anesthesia crisis and how their center has adapted. Welcome to the ASC Podcast with John Gailey, the longest-running podcast specifically focused on the freestanding ambulatory surgery industry. We would like to thank our sponsors, Surgical Information Systems, providing cutting-edge information solutions for surgery providers, Trivalence. Trivalence offers a comprehensive next-generation ASC solution that optimizes payment and supply chain performance, enabling actionable data insights, and Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies the nation's leading regulatory and accreditation compliance resource for ambulatory surgery centers. For more information about our sponsors, please visit our website at ASCPodcast.com. Welcome to episode 204 of the ASC Podcast with John Gailey for October 25th, 2023. We're recording from the quarterly meeting of the New Jersey Association of Ambulatory Surgery Centers at the Galloping Hills in Kenilworth, New Jersey. This is Sue Cronkite, co-host of the ASC Podcast with John Gailey and Operations Manager for Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies. We would like to remind our listeners that the ASC regulatory environment is a rapidly evolving landscape and the material presented in this episode is based on the most current information available as of the date of recording. As such, it is important to recognize that this information may be subject to change, and we advise all ASCs to stay up to date with the latest regulations and guidelines issued by the relevant regulatory bodies. And joining me today is John Gailey, the owner of Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies and one of the most respected experts in the ambulatory surgery industry. With over 30 years of experience, Mr. Gailey has authored over 10 books on the ASC industry, and he is a sought-after speaker on regulatory accreditation and finance issues. So we uh, we definitely enjoyed our visit to the Galloping Hills Country Club mm-hmm. where this uh, conference was held. Uh, okay. However, we uh, once we found it. Right? Once we found it, it, it was our mistake. We uh, yes. we apparently, after all these years, still don't know how to use a GPS. And uh, we we went to the end of a street and realized yes. that it was a dead end, and that was not where the conference was. So, no. Nope. But we still arrived in time. It was a wonderful uh, venue. Very nice. Uh, wonderful people. Uh, the food was great. Uh, it was a little tight, but I think they do that on t- on purpose, actually, mm-hmm. so that there's a lot of interaction yes. uh, with the speakers. And uh, we were fortunate. Amateur Healthcare Strategies had a booth right in with the presentations, which was mm-hmm. really was nice. nice. So you had a good opportunity. You, uh, you spent most of your time talking to our listeners and talking to members of the the association mm-hmm. there, the, the people that were attending. Yes. And then I uh, I did all of the uh, interviews, which were really only three interviews. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it was uh, very tight. It's only about a five-hour conference, so there yes. there wasn't a lot of time to uh, to get all this done. 
there was a lot of vendor interaction and a lot of mm-hmm. network uh, networking. And a few of the speakers ended early, but that was never a problem for ASC no. leaders. They uh, they they uh, always have plenty to talk about with their colleagues. And mm-hmm. I think that probably is always one of the, the most important things that come out of these conferences. So uh, we had a great opportunity to see, uh, sit and speak to uh, uh, some potential new clients as well as uh, to learn uh, you know, about what's going on in New Jersey. I think one of the things, too, that I, I enjoy about the conference is that it's, uh, it really is designed specifically around the, uh, mm-hmm. uh, what the, the audience wants. They really yes. uh, they take uh, great care in trying to uh, focus on, um, mm-hmm. on things that are important. And I think they're really trying to encourage interaction among the members. Yeah. You know, some of the sessions, they really just they wanted to make sure people were networking and throwing out their own ideas of how they're handling things like the anesthesia crisis. Right, right. Um, so uh, the, the conference started with a presentation on life safety by Andrew, Anthony Real. Uh, then uh, we had a presentation by Mohammed Salome, who is a regulatory officer at the New Jersey Department of Health, followed by Jason Rosenberg with an accounting firm. And he spoke about the latest developments regarding the state tax pass-through entity tax elections. Uh, you know, so I'm an accountant, and I didn't even understand uh, a lot of what was going on. I mean, he, he was a great presentation, mm-hmm. and he really helped me to understand uh, what's happening. But boy, it is complicated, and uh, I'm glad that uh, they had a presentation on that. Then we had a wonderful lunch, and after that, we uh, had a legal and legislative update with John Fanberg and Isabel. I'm going to get this name wrong. Babette Kellen Kellen Ya. And Matt Helpin, and Matt is their uh, legislative uh, uh, person who works with the Department of Health and the legislature. And then we ended up with a wonderful group discussion on anesthesia coverage and staffing issues. And Mm -hmm. uh, that was uh, the only interview uh, of speakers we were able to do uh, due to the short time that we had. But it was a very good – it was a good interview, and I think that it really uh, uh, brought some interesting things to light. And we used one of our mini studios, which uh, given mm-hmm. the amount of noise in the area that we recorded, I was concerned about the quality. But I, I listened to part of it, so it sounded like it came out pretty well. Some of them, yep. One of the interviews, there was a lot of kitchen Backer. noise kind of yeah. plates. It must have been during lunch because <laughs> you could hear yeah. that. But it didn't drown out the speakers in any, or the, you know, the people you were speaking with. So good, it good. Out okay. It was the first time I think that I've ever recorded using uh, that the instead of having a stash, stationary mic, people were actually holding the microphone. Mm, so if it worked okay. out well, work. uh, that, that's great. So our, let's start with our interviews. Our first interview was about the anesthesia crisis and how to deal with it from an operational standpoint. And the speakers had interesting ideas and an interesting perspective. Uh, and Sue, I, I you know you listened to it afterwards, but it, it was interesting how they turned it around and talked how uh, how to kind of turn lemons into lemonade here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so this is uh, um, a, a conversation we had with Elizabeth Convery and Jessica Ball. I'm here at the uh, fall conference with the New Jersey State Association, and uh, we're in Inglewood Heights, right? Is that where we are? I believe so. Okay, yeah. I don't even know. Right off well, the parkway. Well, at least we're all together. That's all that matters, <laughs> even though we might be confused as to where we, where we are. Uh, I'm here with Jessica Ball and Elizabeth. Bond, and uh, um, they are going to be speaking very shortly on the anesthesia crisis, which we've discussed quite a bit on the podcast. And it seems to be, uh, Jessica and Elizabeth, it seems to be the hot topic right now at all the state association meetings. Absolutely. So give us a little bit of a preview about you know what you're going to talk about and what are some of the challenges that we're facing. 
So um, I am the administrator of a seven-room OR for procedure room surgery center in New Jersey, and Jessica is my director of nursing. And we, about six months ago, we started to have significant anesthesia shortages. We were started to be asked to condense rooms to have doctors start later in the day. We've brought on CRNAs now. And have been working hand-in-hand with our medical director and our anesthesia team to condense rooms and to try to make it work. But it's becoming increasingly more difficult. And and hasn't it been a bit of a surprise that this happened very suddenly? I mean, I can remember a year ago we were saying, well, we get some problems with anesthesia. Uh, And again, not the providers. We're talking about the availability of it. I I don't want to leave an impression that our anesthesiologists are are not providing good services. It's really an issue of availability of those services. But now, it's like in the last three months, now it is the only thing we're talking about when we talk about the major issues. Yes. And it's a lot of centers around us are having the same exact issues. I mean, we're being approached about condensing our blocks now, cutting doctors' time down. Are we going to start earlier? Are we going to run later? And it's mixing with our staffing as well because that problem hasn't gone away either. So... And, and you're a large facility, so it does, it, it's an issue. As we were talking before we started recording, um, you, you have seven rooms, right? And you, yes. you just said you're trying to condense it down to five, which is one of the possible solutions here. Right. Uh, talk a little bit about how that how that's playing with the doctors, <laughs> first of all. Then we'll talk about our staff, but let's talk about the doctors. Well, it's a lot of brainstorming, going back and forth to the drawing board, because as we all know, they all have their set schedules and they love yeah. them. So it's, it's a game that we're playing right now, trying to to fit everything in. Also, you have to look at your equipment availability. Right. Even if someone agrees to condense a room, you still have to make sure you have the right staff and the right equipment to run the room. Right. The other challenge for us as well as well is that not only condensing rooms, um, we've been asked recently to pay a stipend for our anesthesiologists, yeah. and that is going to be very difficult on surgery centers financially. Um, we've been looking at block time. We've been reorganizing block time. And, and this is a whole new angle for ASCs for the first time to have to look at really the profitability of cases yeah. and the profitability of physicians. What payer mixes are they bringing into the center? And how does the day pay for itself mm-hmm. within a one an OR day? Is the, the day a full profitable day? Is GI more profitable than orthopedics? It's making us look at things that I feel as an administrator I've never had to look at before. Well, and isn't it true that, I mean, there's been stipends talked about over the years. I've been 33 years in the industry. And in my beginning part of it, there were stipends often with surgery centers uh, but the magnitude of those stipends now are unbelievable I, I mean I'll give you an example I think I mentioned it earlier you know bottom line of $500,000 anesthesia groups looking for a $300,000 and and in many ways they might not have any choice but to do it because the only alternative is not being able to do the surgery at all not even be able to you know control your surgical time in other words you much rather take no profit or very limited profit just to be able to continue doing your business yeah it's a whole different way of having to look at planning your day and allowing cases and we're in a situation where we're trying to grow our business and yeah. bring in new providers and have new specialties because we do have such a large facility we're running around five to six hundred cases a month right now and and probably have the capacity to be able to 800 cases a month Absolutely. so it's it it's that very fine line of how do we grow and develop mm-hmm. you know our business and at the same time make it profitable and be able to have anesthesia providers 
are you able to now be able to take on additional business or are you kind of in a holding pattern until this whole issue kind of gets resolved? So what we were forced to do was to look at the profitability. Our center is a little bit different than normal centers. We have a lot of physicians that come to our center with only one day a uh, month. Yeah. Um, so it, it's not like we have the same physicians all the time. We have over 150 providers. Got it. Uh, we have maybe... 30 to 40 that have continual block time. Yes. Yeah. And it's the other physicians that come to do cases that possibly they don't do general at their center or they might not take certain insurances that we're in network with and they bring those particular cases to us. And those are the cases that now we're saying, hey, you can't have a 730 start. You've got to come at one o'clock yeah. <laughs> because right. that's when we can fit you in. Right. And they take it willingly because they, the un, only other option is going someplace they don't want to work. hospital, which yeah. no one wants to do right now. Yeah. Well, and it's not that they have an unlimited number of anesthesiologists either. I mean, they're going right. to have, and of course right. they've got tougher and longer cases, which right. often require more of an anesthesiologist. Absolutely. That, that, I think, is the biggest problem is how do we grow these centers, especially with more cases that really need to be funneled to ASC and getting out right. of the hospitals and be able to provide the care that we that we want to provide. So, And I think what I'm also hearing here is that now you're having to, I mean, for the first time, make decisions about provide. I mean, I'm sure there are some providers that you're not going to be able to accommodate right. in the future. So you're kind of looking at those those that are going to make the more pro- most profit for you or, or be able to get you know, the most bang for the buck, you know, in a, in a time frame, you want people that spend an an entire block as opposed to the one ups. Yeah. And that's where the new players are going to come in. Yeah. If if they can provide that and do that, we'll have time for them. So tell me how it's going over with. So you, you went from an uh, all anesthesia model to now partially uh, CRNAs also. How's that been working and, and, and how's it going over with your, your physicians? It's been working very well. Um, I would say communication is key. That was one of the biggest things. When we started out, we communicated with our surgeons that it was going to be happening, so they were aware. Uh, We have had nothing but positive feedback from my end, right? We have our our model is three to one, so we have one anesthesiologist with three CRNAs. Um, The CRNAs have been... Wonderful. Wonderful. They've been wonderful. The only thing, the twist to this too, though, is that now that I'm getting involved with the finances, is that CRNAs, uh, a lot of them are per diems and locums. Yeah. And they are demanding very high paid salaries for the day. So at some point, some of the um, per diem or locum actual physicians are a better bang for our buck, if you want to say. Is that interesting? CRNAs. Yeah, Yeah. It is interesting. So it does it really help? I'm not sure. How do you? How is this impacting your staff, your nursing staff, or you know? Because obviously, your days, the way your day is looking, is changing around. Well, our nursing staff. Um, I mean, so far we've been able to work our schedule out to where it's not affecting them too greatly with working super late nights or anything like that. We've mm-hmm. really been able to efficiently crunch in our schedule so that it doesn't affect them yeah um but just like everybody else it's so hard to find staff right now our goal is to keep them right. happy and right. working with us right. <laughs> and our administration team is all nurses yes. so there's the other day i had my scrubs on and i was doing yeah. vitals in the or jessica scrubbed into cases 
Um, so we're, we're very actively working team members. Right. You know, but that takes you away from, uh, you know, I'm a regulatory guy. That takes you away from those things that, you know, that need to be done in order to maintain your license, your certification, as well as make sure that you're maintaining that high level of quality. Right. You know, because uh, the, 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 the more you're involved in those cases, the less somebody is out there keeping an eye on you know, on that, uh, that those reports that you got to read. Absolutely. And if there's any qualified nurses or search techs out there, Livingston Surgical Center, send us your resume. Oh, yeah, I'm going to get in trouble for that, I can no. see. <laughs> so how how is your board, you know, dealing with these, uh, recognizing the problem, you know, listening to your suggestion? I'm assuming that you guys are the ones that are coming up with these unique solutions. How is that working with them? Right now, when it hasn't really affected anybody. It's the perspective of what's to come. Yeah. I think that everybody's very concerned about. I mean, everybody's very concerned about having to take the profits that we're making and give them to anesthesia yeah. to supplement their, their income, especially when a, a large majority of what we were uh, brought to the table was um, administrative fees. I think that as a physician... We're taking such good care of them and making sure that everything's running smoothly. They're not really being affected at right, this point. Right. And we haven't had to cancel cases. Very rarely we've moved other physicians that, again, are more one-off physicians to later in the day or non-730 starts. But um, right now I think it's really just coming down the pike as to what is going to happen and what's the reality of it. Yeah. We haven't gotten there yet. And I would say, too, our... Physicians that are not owners are used to this at other centers as well. It's right. nothing new to them, so I don't think it's a surprise. Yeah, and and you're not alone. They're not alone here. Yeah, right. That that make it's not like you can jump to another center and everything will be much better. You're all in the same boat. Right. So you're you're going to speak. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see the question and answer period because most of the sessions have been, uh, you know, pretty. There haven't been a lot of questions so far. Right. I I got a bet that you're going to have. Uh, you'll probably be here until midnight answering questions. <laughs> so what do you think are some? Hope of, not. <laughs> so what do you think are going to be some of the questions? And you know, how are you going to? You know, that, of course, we'll probably get some other advice or other centers that you know have found other solutions. But what else? Are, you're, you're you're here in New Jersey. You know, we we don't get down here that often. What's the general feeling down I'm here. I'm really looking forward to the feedback of the other administrators. I'm on the um, governing board now, and right. when we were discussing program formatting, I was really interested in having an input session every single time we have a meeting, because as an administrator coming to these meetings yeah. for years, I want to I want to know what my peers are doing. Right. How are they solving problems, picking up tips? Um, <clears throat> so I'm really looking forward to seeing, finding out are all of the other anesthesiologists um, heavily embedded in the PAT and vetting process of right. the patients that are coming through? That was a big concern when we first got to our center, and we were really super involved in that and you know, making sure that we have the right clientele that are coming into the surgery centers and providing safe care. How, what the CRN, CRNA model is at other centers, and um, are they having to do the same thing, shuffle mm-hmm. around cases, close rooms? Right. Um, it's it's going to be, I'm looking forward to it, to find out what other people are doing, and, and then how we can rally as an association together to overcome this issue. 
collectively. It was interesting. One of the earlier sessions, they were talking about the reportable events that occur in the state, and one of those is lack of staff. If you have yes. to close down, did, did you catch that I too? Is like that one. I posted. Yeah, said that. I mean, that would be very interesting to see when that data gets back to the Department of Health if they're able to do anything with it. I mean, right. I'm not quite sure what the solution is. You know, you know, getting higher. Uh, anesthesia reimbursement of course will help right. but the tail on that is going to be so long right you know i mean what we really want is we need more anesthesia providers in north CRNAs, um, but it's not like you can snap your finger and suddenly they show up you know i, I mean in one sense it's a grueling task and exercise on a daily basis but it has been beneficial to the overall financial um, aspect of the center because you're really forced to look at this is how many staff I have. This is how many anesthesia yeah. um, providers I have. And this is how I'm going to plot my day. Like the attention to detail that's going oh. into the scheduling right now has really helped us financially. That's so a really interesting, interesting takeaway because yeah. now you've had to become more efficient with your resources. Absolutely. Even down to looking at same day cancellations with yeah. the PAT process, it gets deeper to make sure that you're not those anesthesiologists are always working that right you take so so that's an interesting let's delve into that just for a minute what other ways have you tried or are you experimenting with or you're thinking about that your staff can help make the anesthesiologists more efficient well we have having stocking anesthesia cards um preparing for their day helping people with turnover time so we can get cases moved in a more rapid, right. safe pace. but The whole thing is being able thing. to get more... It, 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 yeah, like I just yeah. did a financial report and I was like, it's not about case volume right now, it's about quality over quantity. Yeah, right, right. right. And, right. And, and having, you know, the correct cases and the correct providers and the correct staff. So yeah, the, more, the attention to detail, we're at a point right now, like year to date for staffing and medical supplies, we're under budget greatly. Wow. So that's... That is a plus. Yeah. yeah. Been a plus, you know, that's us. an interesting take on it. I, I, you know, you're kind of basically saying that you've been forced to become more efficient, right? Because you, the more efficient you are, the easier it is for the uh, for you to to fit the the anesthesiologist or the cases into the anesthesiologist you have and and staffing. But yeah, yeah. I guess that's one. You know, there's a golden lining and everything. Right, right. Like that's our little <laughs> yeah, our silver lining. It is. <laughs> silver lining. I mean, silver lining us being it. involved more in the rooms yes. while it does take us away from regulatory right things. It, it it is teaching us more, working with the staff, seeing what they're doing, how they're doing it, and how these physicians are working has taught us a lot. Well, and, and it frees you up. I mean, eventually you'll, because doing it means that you're going to be able to find ways to improve that efficiency, right. efficiency Absolutely. also. And it has really developed um, a very tight team. Yes. You know, when you're back there and you're working together with your team all the time and they see, you know, hey, it doesn't look like I'm going to get a lunch today. And she pops in and we make sure they get that lunch and we take care of them. Um, has provided a really positive culture at our center. So right. those are the good takeaways, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess that's a good way to end it. I always try to end it on a positive note. Positive note. note. <laughs> Elizabeth and Jessica, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much for having you. Super fun. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. 
As a leader in the ambulatory surgery industry, you already know that the ASC podcast with John Gailey is your ultimate free resource for staying updated with the latest news and information while ensuring your organization maintains regulatory and accreditation compliance. But did you know that we have two membership programs on our partner website, ASC Central, that can take your organization to the next level? For just $25 a month, our patron program will unlock a host of amazing benefits. Enjoy regular Zoom meetings with our hosts and special guests, access to recorded conferences like our credentialing seminar, conditions for coverage conference, medical director conference, and our most recent two-day multi-state conference. The patron program also offers a comprehensive database of policies, forms, drills, example minutes, and other invaluable resources to optimize your center's operations. For those centers that want even more, our new ASC Central Premium Access Plan offers a variety of online services to its members. The benefits include access to a wide range of services, including all of the benefits of the patron program, unlimited access to our popular boot camps, the ASC industry's most comprehensive training for ASC leadership. Members can attend any number of the ASC Administrator Boot Camps and ASC Director of Nursing Boot Camps and can listen to the recordings throughout their membership. It also includes unlimited access to the industry's most comprehensive infection control training designed for infection control coordinators and those that wish to take the Certified Ambulatory Surgery Center Infection Preventionist exam. And the program also includes up to five hours of private consultations by Zoom. For more information about these two programs, visit our website at ASCPodcast.com or click on the links in the show notes. And the second interview was with Christine Ulitoski, the Executive Director of Association Management. And uh, she talked to John about membership in the organization and the conferences. So this is John Gale. I'm here with Christine Ulitoski. She is uh, uh, with the New Jersey State Association, and uh, she's uh, responsible for a lot of the work that's gone in, in the background here to get this conference ready. So, Christine, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to speak with you. This has been a great uh, great conference. It's, it's a short one compared to most of them. You know, it's only... If I do the math here, it's about five hours long. Yeah, and it it's, feels like 12 hours. Uh, it does me. for you, I'm sure. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, uh, for all of our listeners, we are recording from a, uh, not, a, not a quiet place. So uh, hopefully uh, after we do some editing, everything will sound good. Mm-hmm. But Christine, I wanted to bring you on to talk a little bit about the state association, the benefits of state association members. So why don't we start with that? What is the association? Sure. So I'll start by saying I've been with this association in particular for about three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, that, that comes with uh, the expansion of our team and trying new things and venturing into some new territory for ASCs in general. So, uh, you know, welcome on board. And you've already realized what friendly people we are, right? That's very, very (laughs) true. It's been a really great event. Um, I've been with associations of of different types for about 10 years now. Um, And just in my experience overall, it's it's really refreshing to see an association that kind of gets the whole point of in-person events and and getting back together. And I really feel like that's the sense that we have here today. Um, It's great to see people you know getting getting really into it making connections and that's really what it's all about yeah sue's here with me uh, the co-host and mm-hmm. uh, she was saying do you know everybody i said i <laughs> kind of think i do but uh, the uh, 
you know, I attend a lot of state association meetings and the attendance is incredible mm. for a six hour conference. Right. You know, I think this about it as a very, or five hour, you know, it's, it's a relatively short. I mean, you do this quarterly, you do some type of a, a conference. I think it's on correct. a quarterly basis. Correct. Yep, correct. So our next one from now will be in, in January. We do quarterly and then we have one large annual one each right. year as well. Um, but our last quarterly event that we held was in June and that one had about 80 people. This one we're sitting at about 150. So yeah, yeah, that is incredible. Yep, definitely. So, um, you know, people will say, oh, time of year or, oh, the topics are interesting. I don't, I don't know in particular what could be the driver for this one, but it's been really, really great to see everybody come together. Well, I'll tell you what I think one of them is, and I just interviewed uh, the uh, the group that's going to be talking a little bit about the, uh, anesthesia, mm-hmm. and, and that has been a topic of every single state conference that I've been right. to in the last three months. We were talking about how important it is, so I have a feeling you're going to have to, you know, kind of talk about it again oh, you know, in January, uh, no doubt. Yeah. So what's in store for January? What are you going to be talking about in January? Well, January, the date is still in flux. Um, so when we have more information about that, we will certainly share okay. it. But we have a, a program committee that actually meets monthly and makes the decisions around what we're offering. Um, and that could be uh, speaking from the point of view of a vendor. So we have right. you know not just facilities that are members, but we have vendor members as well. Anybody that's right. really involved like with ASCs. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Anybody that's involved with ASCs, we, we want them to be there. We want to hear their perspective. So we have really speakers from kind of across, across the gamut. Today we have someone from the Department of Health as well. So we, mm-hmm. we do tend to branch out and really any information that's relevant for ASCs to hear, that's what we want. Yeah, and let me uh, also speaking on behalf of vendors here, you know, we are treated very well. It's not an expensive, you know, I mean, I pay a lot more for some of the other state associations right. uh, to be involved in so many different um, conferences throughout the year. Uh, and I will also say this, that you you encourage, uh, again, I'm speaking kind of to the vendors here, uh, you really encourage people to come up to the booths and talk. We've had this great, and, and thank you, everybody, that, you know, our listeners here, uh, we have a very high uh, listenership in the state of New Jersey. So uh, it's that great kind it yeah. shows, yeah. How, yeah, maybe because uh, we spend a lot of time in our cars, huh? That's true. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Talk a little bit, of, uh, you know, we're, unfortunately, just because of how short this is, we're not able to interview all of the speakers. Right. Uh, as a matter of fact, we probably will only have one of the speakers, uh, you know, the, the, the anesthesia one. Talk a little bit about some of the, the people that spoke here, if you want to talk a little bit about their, yeah, uh, their topics yeah, and sure. how important it is. Yeah, so this morning we actually had a, a safety uh Probably about 45 minutes on safety um, Mm -hmm. given by someone that's got uh, extensive experience in the field of fires, in particular fire safety. And his his presentation was fantastic. That was Anthony Real. Um, Really great presentation. And then, like I said, the Department of Health speaker, Mohammed. Mohammed Salome. Right. Um, another great presentation, uh, though short for us. So we tend to do 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. Um, and to, we're going to conclude. Well, right now we have um, Isabel and um, John Fanberg from Brock Eichler. Right. And uh, Matt Halpin, who's our lobbyist, uh, speaking as well. Uh, and then we'll conclude today with an open forum discussion about the anesthesia and staffing shortage, too, which typically go hand, hand in hand. Um, so it is a good opportunity to to hear uh, the legislative and legal update, which is a benefit of the membership that they have with the association. Right. And um, to, also, to also get uh, perspective um, and open discussion on anesthesia and shortages when it comes to staffing. And no insignificant part of this is, of course, the the camaraderie or the the yeah. inner uh, their discussions among time. And I think that's one thing that's nice. We can't we cannot overemphasize that that uh, people getting together. You know, the time they have in between sessions, 
uh, during lunchtime. That's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, I find that in New Jersey a lot. Everybody knows each other in New Jersey. You know, <laughs> it's not a very big state, of course, from that standpoint, but there's a lot of surgery centers here. And I think, uh, uh, please, if you're listening to this and, and the, uh, the agenda might not be something that you all are dealing with directly, that doesn't mean you don't come. It's a good thing to, to listen to all these speakers, but also right. to get to, to uh, reconnect with other uh, members. Right, exactly. I mean, I think you've seen today, right, we've had plenty of opportunities to have a coffee and, and snacks with everyone. And, and it's just been great and, and uh, really, really nice to see everybody interact on a, on a new level in person. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of conversations going on among vendors, too, I'll tell you, good, too, in the, ba- in the background. Um, talk a little bit about membership, the, the um, you know, how you become a member yep. and where do you go. And talk a little bit about your website, too. Yeah, sure. So so we have a website, njaasc.org. Again, that's njaasc.org. It's pretty And we long. will provide a link to it. Great. So. Thank you. Yeah, it's a pretty long one. Uh, but they can apply to be a member there. We have uh, three different facility, or sorry, three different uh, memberships. Uh, one of them is for facilities. That's $1,600 for the year. Mm-hmm. One of them is for vendors like yourself that's 2500 for the year and then we have an associates level as well and that one's 800 for the year that's more for um, a single owner um, single owner company right so more of the smaller smaller side right or or for people that haven't quite built their surgery center Correct. yet and are, are getting yep. kind of a, an intro level yep. yeah um and again they go to the website to be able to sign up you can do everything online yes there, yep, right? absolutely or you can reach out to me personally um and i can share my contact information with you john if you prefer. that would be great mm-hmm. now talk a bit about the other benefits of membership obviously the the conferences are the right. are the big draw but uh, you have other benefits also right we do we have a, a weekly newsletter called the pulse that mm-hmm. we send out every week that has kind of some pressing information that's relevant to asc so uh that's a really popular benefit of membership and i contribute to that periodically right. probably once a month when right. i have a chance yeah so jeff's yeah. always on my case <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, that's a great a great benefit of membership that goes on on Mondays, um, and really it's just an opportunity to to grow this network. Like I said um, earlier, when uh, uh, John Fanberg and Isabel from Brock Eichler were giving their presentation, and we have a lobbyist Matt Halpin, mm-hmm. that is a benefit of membership to have that as a resource available to you, so that you can be right. up to date on pressing issues that are going to affect your facility. Uh, that's a huge one, and I think yeah. people often overlook that. Well, it's kind of amazing too. I mean, it is a weekly new, uh, newsletter, I mean, and we everybody every state has something different. But uh, to have that much content on a, on a weekly basis, it's a lot of work, and, right. and it's a big benefit. It is. It is absolutely. Yeah. Okay, just to remind everybody, the next conference is going to be in January. You'll get the information soon. Do you have the national, the annual conference uh, date? Yeah, yet? we're so we're looking at um, May for our annual. Okay. Um, that date has also shifted a little bit, so everything's kind of in flux. But again, we'll share that information as soon as okay. we have it. And you'll pass it on to us and we make sure yeah, we advertise it. So thanks so much, Christine. I appreciate your time. Thank you, John. And our last interview was with Corey Prisco and Aileen Stewart. Uh, both are members of the board of directors of the New Jersey State Association. Uh, and they talked about the advantages of membership and the recent activities at the association. Those of you that listen to us regularly know that Corey has uh, been a regular uh, long-term listener of ours and has been on our, our podcast a few times. Let's listen. So this is John Gailey. I'm at the New Jersey State Association, the quarterly meeting. You have quarterly meetings here in New Jersey in uh, October of uh, uh, 2023. And I'm here with two of the board members, uh, Corey Prisco, who is one of our long-term listeners as well as... uh, 
uh, one of the board members here, and Aileen Stewart, who is one of the newest board members. I asked you, uh, Aileen, what you did wrong to be appointed to the board, you know, uh, but congratulations. I missed a meeting. You missed a meeting, yeah. <laughs> so congratulations. It's great to... Thank you. It's a pleasure to be a part of the association. Oh, that's great. It's a great association. I'll speak as a, uh, you know, I attend a lot of state association meetings. First of all, you have a lot of meetings, which is good. And uh, you, I got to tell you, to be able to keep up the attendance that you're keeping up for four meetings in a year, you know, that's that's pretty amazing. So keep up the good work. Obviously, you're working on, um, you, you know, you're, you're figuring out what's relevant to your, uh, to your center. So uh, you recently had a board retreat. We and did. So why don't you talk a little bit about, you know, what, what's going on with the State Association and what's coming out, what came out of that? Well, it's really great. We really reviewed the mission, vision of the association and looked at ways that we can increase the membership and what we can do for those from a center point of view and what would help them, whether it be quality of care for our patients or uh, legal requirements, mm-hmm. compliance, and just being there for education for them for the future. Yeah, we talked about particularly, I'm, I'm sure we're no different than any other states, but we have a lot of new leadership in the state, both administrators and clinical yeah. directors, um, and really wanting to be that one-stop shop of a resource for them so that they know they're getting the information they need to be successful at their centers, um, and also to just maintain that high level of patient quality and safety that, that we've been promoting. Yeah, it's interesting. As we've been walking around, uh, Sue and I have been uh, walking around um, first of all, a, a couple of people that I've run into, I'm saying, wait a minute, uh, you used to be in New York, now you're in New Jersey. So, uh, I mean, it just shows you the cross-pollination of what's uh, of, uh, of our administrate, administrators and nursing managers. So that really is putting some pressure on the associations to enhance their educational programs. Can you talk a little bit about what you've been doing to respond to those needs? Yeah, actually, um, the membership committee is meeting monthly, okay. and we're talking about ways that we can bring in new members and what we can provide for them to help them. Um, the industry is such a great industry, and you mentioned that you know someone is here and then there, yeah. um, and they are there because it is such a, a great industry to be in in healthcare today. Mm-hmm. And we really do make a difference in the lives of our patients and our physicians and our, our teammates every day. And I think one of the things that's nice about our organization is that a board member is actually one of the chairs of each committee. Oh, well, so yeah. we bring back to the board what are what's our, what are our member centers wanting? What do they need? So, um, you know, Aileen chairs the membership. I'm on the uh, program committee, and we need to talk a lot to make right. sure to produce these programs that we have today. You know, in order to keep our membership up, we need to make sure that we are addressing what their needs are so that there's that interest for them to come in the beginning and stay all the way to the end. And I do need to point out, too, uh, something that's very unique about New Jersey is you have a vendor committee. I've joined it, I think, once in my time. Unfortunately, the days don't always work out for me, but it's very active. I, I know neither of you are on that committee. Can, you, can anybody talk about it a little bit? So we get reports back from that committee. So, again, we take that into consideration when we're planning our annual mm-hmm. program. Um, I think it's very important that we are collaborative with the vendors. Not only can they help us be successful in things that we have to roll out, but they also provide a lot of education for us. They have new products. They 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 know what they're you know different things that they're seeing, different trends, and it's just a, it's another resource that we can be collaborative with. Yeah, and I do need to point out we have a lot of listeners that are uh, are vendors also, so I always want to give them that perspective too. That this is definitely a good experience, and I, I will say it's a good price point for a vendor. Uh, in other words, you get a lot of value for that money. 
you know, not that other states, you know, <laughs> don't have good value also, uh, but it, it's kind of simpler here because it's, you know, just a couple emails and, you know, we're all signed up for the next conference after we've become members. So that make it easy for people. And the same thing with membership, as you were talking about. Now, how does uh, membership work if you were to join like today? So it's very simple. You can actually just submit a form right through the New Jersey Association. And um, the fees are stable. They have not changed um, over the last three years. Um, And then you're invited to come to the meetings. You Mm -hmm. have three different meetings that... Um, you're welcome to come to, and there's also other um, legal updates that you get, mm-hmm. and you're a part of the website. You can go on there and have more right. information that you can um you can have a, a network of people to help you with different situations. And I do want to, again, I want to point out to the vendors too, that you also get, the vendors even get the pulse. Um, and and I, I mean, this is speaking to everybody. It is so important as vendors out there to know what is going on in the industry so that when you're going out and visiting poor people like Aileen and Corey who are in the midst of, uh, you know, the last people they generally want to talk to are vendors, but they are extremely important to us. And if they have the knowledge so that you're not educating them when they come to your center, they can provide solutions, not just a product, a solution. That's what I've always said to them. Don't go out trying to sell me a product. Try to send me a, sell me a solution. Yeah. And we, in our most recent membership committee uh, meeting, we did have a vendor join us because we do want to have that collaboration yeah. Together to so that we can identify the most cost-effective means, not only for the center, but it, it goes down to our patients. Right. So. Can you talk a little bit about uh, you have a legislative and you work very closely with the Department of Health. Why don't we start with uh, the legislative efforts in the last year? It sounds like it's been somewhat quiet. Knock on wood, right? Yes. So the association does have a lobbyist that represents our interests in New Jersey. Um, there isn't much going on right now, but they do make sure that they keep us at the forefront of what's going mm-hmm. on. Um, you know, we want to be proactive, not right. reactive if we can. Um, so they do do um, updates for us frequently. Membership does get those updates. And then also at the quarterly meetings, they are representing us um, with updates. And talk a little bit about the, uh, your relationship with the Department of Health. And I, I know we had speaker, a speaker here from the Department of Health, and that's a, that's a, a big help to talk about how you interact with the Department of Health. I think that's one of the the biggest benefits to being a member is just that relationship, that mm-hmm. face time that you can have. Um, I think ASCs, especially in New Jersey, we've really tried to strengthen that relationship throughout the years because we want to collaborate with them. You know, right. uh, of course, none of us love that morning when the surveyors show up um, at 30, 9 o'clock in the morning um, and readjust our whole day. But when they do come, it's nice to know that you're part of a team and everybody yeah. has a common goal. And I think that's what makes the difference in running an ASC in New Jersey is that not every state has that collaboration, yeah. but I know the department has been very committed to working with the association to make sure that all of the centers maintain that highest level of quality care that we can provide the patients. Um, and a perfect example of that is uh, the report that we got from the legal team today, Isabella and John, uh, for the one-room centers. Yeah. Um, you know, they were getting bills and invoices for fees from the New Jersey Department of Health. Yeah. And uh, they were able to go to bat for them. And now 
it, that's wiped clean for them. So they don't owe those fees. They're not right. required to pay. And they're all getting refunds, which is really um, a great perk for the membership, yeah. especially for those smaller centers. I, and I do want to point out also, you know, on, from ambulatory healthcare strategy st- standpoint, we have a number of clients in New Jersey. Uh, the state association is a huge benefit to us in going and finding out, you know, some of those nuances in the regs that we don't always catch or that we need an update on as to what's going on, especially if we have to communicate with the Department of Health. We always go through the state association first. So uh, if you are listening and you're thinking about membership, that alone should be worth the membership fee. I want to thank both of you. This has been great. It's always uh, great to be here. Thanks for inviting us, and we'll definitely see you in January. Thank you as well. It's good to see you again. Same here. Sue and I would like to thank the uh, association, the New Jersey Association of Ambulatory Surgery Centers, for their hospitality and for allowing us to uh, use a small space uh, in the center for our recordings here. And uh, as always, the New Jersey Association has done a wonderful job, and I encourage all of you to become members. This episode of the ASC Podcast with John Gailey is sponsored by Surgical Information Systems, Trivalence, and Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies. Surgical Information Systems provides cutting-edge information solutions for surgery providers. Trivalence offers a comprehensive next-generation ASC solution that optimizes payment and supply chain performance, enabling actionable insights. Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies is the nation's leading regulatory and accreditation compliance resource for ambulatory surgery centers. For more information about our sponsors, visit our website at ASCPodcast.com. This podcast is an educational and operational tool and is not intended to be a comprehensive resource for all rules, regulations, and standards that an ambulatory surgery center must meet. The advice provided should not be considered as, nor does it constitute, legal advice or opinion. When reviewing specific situations involving legal and regulatory issues, attorneys and other professionals should be consulted. This has been a production of Eden Group Development. All rights are reserved. If you are interested in advertising or sponsoring the ASC Podcast with John Gailey, please email us at info at ASCPodcast.com. We would love to hear your questions and comments. Please email us at comments at ASCPodcast.com.